go, go ahead and take your seats. Go ahead and take your seats. Let me just uh, do my due diligence as, as the brothers that came before me and saying just uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, and let me just give everyone the opportunity to say that in unison with, with enthusiasm and energy at the same time. So I'll say Happy New Year, everyone, and then you will, uh, you know, collectively say Happy New Year, all right? So that's... <laughs> That's, that's just for the people online. All right, so let, let, let's, let's try it in unison. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm, I'm sure all the brothers that came before that expressed Happy New Year were, were just, they just were thrilled to hear everybody say that together. Uh, let, let, me, let me say this because I, I don't want anybody to, to, you know, just go all despondent. Uh, I know what the time is, and I know Tim did say, you know, he's, he is not going to eat in at all into whatever, whatever Brother Morgan's time is. That seems to be about 40 minutes or so. But, 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 but that's not going to be the case this morning. As a matter of fact, I, I told the brothers, like, I just want to share a word of encouragement with the saints today. I, I just wanted to be able to, to say something, hopefully, to, to encourage us, to give us some perspective, uh, to really just put us in a, in a frame of mind as we uh, think about this being the first day of the first Sunday of 2022 and just try to give some perspective maybe for uh, the rest of the week or the rest of the month or even build uh, a mentality for the rest of this year. Uh, it, it goes without saying, many of us, uh, we recall uh, the events as much as we would want to forget, we recall the events of 2021. Uh, the events of 2021 seem to have been a continuation of the events of 2020. And if we're honest with ourselves, the events of 2020 was, in fact, a continuation of the events of 2019. So we have really been in 2019 all this time, but just we, we didn't know it. Uh, but, 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 but needless to say, you know, when, when, we, when we watched the ball drop downstairs in the fellowship hall uh, a, a couple days ago, I... I specifically remembered Sherry Ann, my wife, she just, she just blurted out a phrase, and the phrase was simple, we made it. Almost as if to say, you know, uh, with, with, a, with a breath that was taken, we, we transitioned from 2021 with all the ills, with all the trials, with all the hardship, and just all the frustration that some of us would have faced in 2021, it almost felt like if it was culminative in that statement and that phrase she made, at, she said as we crossed over from 2021 into 2022 when she said, we made it. And I want us to just take a breath for a minute and just, if you don't mind, just say that phrase with me. Just take a breath and just say, we made it. No, that doesn't mean that, that, that some of the troubles and the ills of, 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 of last year, we still aren't going to face those troubles and ills this year. But, but certainly stepping foot into 2022 should give us a perspective to recognize that God took us through th 365 days of a year that we thought was never ending. Surely as we step now into 2022, I know some of our financials haven't changed. I know some of our family statuses haven't changed. I know some of the troubles and the trials and the stresses 
haven't necessarily changed, but surely as we are here present on the 2nd of January, 2022, we could take a deep breath in looking back and recognizing that God brought us through. We made it because of his goodness and his grace. So I wanted to be able to share a word with us today, uh, and I know there is a pool out. If you guys don't know, there is a pool out as to whether or not Brother Morgan is going to take about 15 minutes, and so I, I don't know what the pot is, but I'm betting on myself today. I'm betting on myself. But I want us to be able, as, as I, I, I was really praying to God about this, and, and, and really none of my messages were short or long. I, I don't know how you viewed, but... But I, I really approach these, these messages with, with prayer. And I, as I stood there, as I sat, as I, I pleaded with God to just give me a word to share with the brethren, this text, this text fell into my mind. Now, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's a potent text, to say the least. It's not one of the more popular texts in, in our fellowship and in Christianity today because if this text is true, then it means to say that, 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 that not every single person who claims the name of Jesus or who verbalizes Jesus on his or her lips is actually in relationship with Jesus. And so it's a potent text. It's it's a strong text, and I wanted to be able to share a text with us that I believe uh, is, is valuable as we set a tone or a pace or find an encouraging word for today. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And so I want us to appreciate some things before I just give us just three quick reminders, three words that I hope would be a blessing to each and every single one of us. And I've entitled this short, brief exhortation this morning, It's Time. It's Time. Could you say that with me? It's Time. It's Time. Jesus has spent some time teaching this multitude for the past few moments and for the past few hours even. It doesn't take long if you have to read Matthews 5, 6, and 7. It might take a good reader about 20 minutes or so to just canvas through and bowl through Matthews 5, 6, and 7. For some of us slower readers, it might take as much as an hour for you to just sit down and, and to digest and to go through the reading from start to finish, chapter 5, chapter 6, and then chapter 7. But if you have to approach this text from seeing Jesus as the master teacher sitting and he has to go through his inflections and he has those pauses and those moments as he takes his time to share all of the teachings that he has shared thus far with this multitude, it may have taken far more than two to three hours to get this teaching out to the multitude. And so he has spent time dealing with matters of the heart. As a matter of fact, he begins to propagate the teaching. He begins his discourse in the Sermon on the Mount looking at 
a heart condition, trying to get those who were there with him to understand that this relationship that he's calling them to and, and this relationship that God is calling them to ought to start with the heart. And so as he starts to teach from a heart perspective, he then weighs on them the, the reality of the fact that if you are to be in a righteous position with God, your righteousness has to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And then he goes in to talk about what it really means to be a lover of God. He goes in to give the contrast of someone who is just trying to follow the law in terms of the letter of the law and not really understanding the spirit of the law. Then he goes on to give some instructions as to how you go about to fast and to pray and, and to give alms. In other words, he deals with the heart, he wants them to know that there is, is a deeper purpose to this calling than just the doing of a thing, but it must start first with an individual's heart. But as you formulate the right heart, you must always also find yourself in the right practices as well. And so as Jesus culminates, as he comes to the end of his, his teaching on the sermon on the mount, he gets to a point where he's about to say it's time. It's time for you to step out of this plateau. It's time for you to, to move out of the classroom and, and go into the world and, and start to put into practice that which you have been taught. It's time for you to, 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 to go past just digesting that which has been given and, and to go out and to be the light to the world. So I've told you that you are salt of the earth and you are light of this world, but now it's time for you to go out and be that actual salt and to be that actual light. It's time for you to, to wake up and, and to move out of this setting into the world, and as you try your best to, to create a, a, a relationship and to go deeper and deeper in relationship with me, it's also a responsibility. It's time for you to go and bring others into that relationship with me as well. And so as I think about this idea of it's time, I'm mindful that this is the time of year when most of us Establish resolutions. And I know there are some people who are anti-resolutions. I'm, I'm not one of those people. I believe in setting goals. And whether, it, whether those goals falter in two days or three days, I believe that you have to set goals for yourself. I believe as a church, I believe as a family, I believe as an individual, it's, it's healthy for you and I to set and establish goals. So it'd be, it would be a miss of me not to take the opportunity of the time that we have right now where individuals are setting up their goals, maybe again for however long we have been on this earth, this is the time of year that we set our goals up and we establish resolutions. I don't know what your resolutions are, but if you're honest, if we're honest, how many people have written resolutions down and not made it through halfway the year and those resolutions falter? Could I, could, I, could I have some honest people to just raise your hands? And All right, so I, I don't want us to see this as being something that's cyclical in nature, but I want to give us some, 
some, some key things that I believe if, if we are able to implement these three things, we may not accomplish every single one of our resolutions, but we might accomplish some. And as I think about these three keys to resolution, that's what I'm calling the three keys of resolution. I want to start the first off with the idea of being committed. Say committed. So Jesus, as he, as he brings his, his discourse to a close, he is saying it's time. It's time to do what? It's time for us to be committed. This wouldn't be the first time that Jesus would have spoken to a crowd. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of John, chapter number 6, Jesus encounters a next crowd. And as he teaches there, this particular crowd, the sayings were too strong for them to handle. And at the end of the dialogue, the multitude would have walked away because they couldn't handle the potency. They couldn't handle the calling. They couldn't handle the responsibility of what it meant to be in communion, what it meant to be in fellowship, what it meant to be in submission to Jesus Christ. So when Jesus looked to Peter and the others, he, 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 he asked Peter and the others, would you, two, would you two walk away? And Peter would say, Lord, where, where would we go? For you are the one that has eternal life. So as we think about establishing our resolutions and as we think about following through on whatever those resolutions are, I need for us to appreciate the first key of, being, uh, of, of seeing our resolutions through is being committed to that thing. I think about the Apostle Paul, and there is, there is no other person that comes to mind almost immediately when I think about an example of being committed because Paul was in fact committed and he was committed because of the cause. He, he recognized that this calling of Jesus Christ and this cause to live for Jesus was so great that he would forever give his life from that point on. After encountering Jesus on Damascus Road, he would forever be changed. And he would say, I would be committed because of the cause. Now, there's a difference between being committed because of a cause. That's when you recognize the value in the cause as opposed to being committed simply to the cause. Being committed to the cause might, might mean that you might become a cause sympathizer. You don't necessarily want to be a cause sympathizer. You want to be the person who understands the true nature and value of the cause itself. You guys with me? So Paul was committed because of the cause. He was also committed in the face of criticism. In other words, sometimes when you, you, you have to go through and following through on your resolution, you may encounter criticism from individuals, but Paul says you have to be committed even in the face of criticism. But not only was Paul committed because of the cause, not only was Paul committed in the face of criticism, but he said, I am committed even in face of certain crises. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you notice all too well, Paul would give a list and a litany of things that he would have gone through in this physical life, things that he would have encountered, and he sur summarizes all of these things by, 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 by a phrase he, he uses when he says, all these were but light <laughs> afflictions. So we too need to be committed because of the cause. We too need to be committed in spite of, of criticism, and we too need to be committed even in the face 
of certain crises. If you didn't realize, it's been almost two and a half, nearly three years, and COVID has gone nowhere. It's, it's mutated and it's done different things. We have gone from Delta to, to, to now Omicron. And COVID, COVID isn't, isn't giving up. And, and so I'm saying the, the Christians shouldn't, shouldn't give up as well. Because souls still need saving. And Jesus still needs to be preached. So Jesus is saying, it's time. Say it's time. It's time to be committed. Watch this really quickly. As we think about the three keys of resolution, not only should we be committed, but we must also be consistent. Say consistent. Now, consistency is, is, is something that allows us to, to stay on task and stay with a thing over an extended period of time. And so we need to be instant and consistent in prayer. We need to be instant and consistent in study. We need to be instant and consistent in worship. We need to be instant and consistent in praise. We need to be instant and consistent in doing good works. We need, as Christians, to still be consistent. So not only do we need to be committed, but we also need to be consistent as well. If you have some, some, some weight goals and you just decide, well, I want to lose 20 pounds and all you do is work out for two days, that's not consistency. You with me? If you want to go deeper and deeper in your relationship with God, then because you would have prayed in the morning on Monday and you forget to pray on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, that is not consistency. Now hear me and hear me well before I move on to the third point because I must be done. Hear me and hear me well. Because you are committed and because you may be consistent doesn't necessarily mean that you won't falter from time to time. I wish I had somebody to say amen. Because you are committed to Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that one more time. And because you are consistent in some, in, in, in some disciplines doesn't necessarily mean that you and I won't falter from time to time. I wish, Jeremy, I had somebody to say amen because it says to me that in as much as I'm trying to be committed and in as much as I'm consistent from time to time, I do falter, but God's grace is there. God's strength is there. God's mercy is there. I have a brother Barry that's there. I have a sister Angie. You, you, you get in this. There are people and things that God has placed around me that when I falter and when I fall, he says, listen, I'll pick you up. But I still need you to be committed and I still need you to be consistent. You guys with me? Here's the third thing and I'll be done. You guys, you guys look tired. Here's the third thing and I'll be done. So the three keys to resolution, as Jesus brings his stuff close, he says, it's time, I, it's time for you to be committed. It's time for you to be consistent. Here's the third thing. The third thing I want us to see is we must have a true conversion. Uh-oh. But Brother Morgan, most of us here are Christians. Most of us here are already converted. I want us to appreciate something about, about conversion. Let me, let me put my Bible down. This means absolutely nothing, but... <laughs> Let me, let, me, let me put my Bible down. The, the, the idea of conversion, please stay with me for this. This is beautiful. The, the idea of conversion, if we're not careful, could be lost in translation because conversion 
carries a similar definition at times and meaning to the word repentance. The idea of repentance means a change around. Think about doing a 180. So you were headed in this direction. So the idea of repentance, if you have to paint a picture to it, is you would have been headed in one direction, but now you turn to go in the opposite direction. It's a change of mind that brings a change of attitude and action. Fair enough? You guys with me? Well, the same idea of conversion, the idea of conversion is pretty similar because you are moving away from heading into one direction and you are going in a totally different direction. But the difference is, when you're talking about repentance, repentance might mean a change in a stop, stopping of doing one thing, but a conversion is where there is a turnaround and there is a full-on devotion to God. Watch this. An alcoholic could repent and change from being an alcoholic, but is not necessarily driven to God. An abuser could stop from being an abuser, but is not necessarily driven to God. Mm. Someone who is, who is, uh, 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 oh my goodness, someone who is, who is, 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 is laden in sexual sin, they might change from that lifestyle and from that behavior, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are driven to God. So repentance, though similar in ways to conversion, doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. So when Jesus says, I need for you to be committed and I need for you to be consistent, but I also need for you to be truly converted, what he is saying is, I don't want you to just change an attitude or change a lifestyle, but I want you to be, to be continuously driven to me. So the idea of being converted, church, if you didn't know, it was just a one-time thing, but the true idea of conversion is a forever ongoing thing where we are trying to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in relationship with God. So yes, you, you, you guys with me? So yes, you might be a strong Christian as you see it, but the person who is truly converted in heart is the person who is always seeking to go deeper with God. It's a person who is always seeking to go further with God. It's a person who is constantly trying to get closer to God. It's a never-ending pursuit of a relationship and a depth of relationship at that with God Almighty. So say it's time. Let's stand. It's time to be committed. Say it's time. Church, it's time for us to be consistent. Say it's time. It's time for us to pursue God like we have never pursued God before. So the three keys I want to leave with you is let's be truly committed. Committed to God because we understand the nature of the cause. Say committed. Let's be consistent, and even though I know we will stumble and we will fall from time to time, I need for us to appreciate that the scripture even tells us, this is a proverb, no proverb, chapter 24 and verse number 16, I believe it is, a just man, the scripture says, falls a number of times, but he gets back up. 
Anybody here ever fall to sin? Anybody here ever fell to the devil? Anybody here ever fell to the flesh? Anybody here ever fell to some nasty words? Anybody here ever fell to sin? But he says we need to be consistent. Say consistent. But finally, not only do we need to be committed Joe David, start walking. Not only do we need to be consistent, church, get ready, elders, get up. But we also, church, need to be fully, fully converted. Are there still things in our lives that we have yet to to truly give to God? Are we still trying to, to do it on our own? Or do we think that we have it all together? The idea of Converted means to be in an ever non-ending pursuit in a relationship with God Almighty. So I pray that we are committed. I pray that we are consistent. And if anything were to happen in 2022, I pray that each and every single one of us would find ourselves going deeper and deeper. Say deeper. deeper. Say deeper. Stay deeper in relationship with God. Let's sing our song of encouragement.